Back in Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. So now I'm obsessed with time. Come on, tell me about the time. Had it all in my hand tonight. Had the time of my life. When the words all come down, like blues on Tuesdays come down. Throw it all away. Throw it all away. Welcome to another episode of American Timelines. I'm Amy. And I'm terrified. Yes. <laughs> it's the end of days. It's something like that. It has been a crazy day. And all our, our state is closed. No school. There's a virus. People are ignoring it. People are told to stay home and stay in and don't go out. And they're going out to bars and partying. Because it's St. Patrick's Day, so that's more important than saving humanity. I know, I know. I did too. I went to the brewery. I went yeah, just, you're just to see. As bad. Well, I went. I went because I thought it'd be dead. I was like, "Oh, it'll just be me at the brewery. Yeah. It'll be fine." But, but there was, was a it bunch packed? of. It wasn't. It was busy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't completely. Packed. Were they like dressed like St. Patrick's Day? A few people here and there at the Irish pub. Yeah, that was a different story. That was packed to the hilt, and in the. I mean, nobody was concerned at all. They were like all on top of each other. It was like, jeez. The big was, vector for disease. Yeah, there was probably three hundred people in a in like some. You probably backyard. brought it home. With no, you. I didn't go into that. I just looked oh, at didn't? it from afar. I just looked and was like, "Aren't is nobody concerned?" Yeah. And so, and then I went back to the. What does that sound? The refrigerator. Oh. A little fridge, pub fridge. Anyway, it's end of days, and uh, there's a disease that's there's a. Virus Everybody knows. Everyone. We yeah. can move on. So we're anyway, gonna we're this gonna is distract. When we're recording it. Yeah, Let's but this is a welcome distraction. We don't want to talk about the virus. You're not listening to this to hear more about the virus. You're listening to this to forget about the virus. So That's let's exactly talk right. about 1967. The 60s. Yes, this is episode 103. We're in 1967. We left off at the beginning of July with Pam Anderson's birthday, and she is a fraud. And a fake That's right. and a phony, and she's not the first baby born in Canada on July 1st. Which, why is that a distinction anyway? Uh, it was their bicentennial. Oh, that's right. It was their uh, independence or something. Oh, that's right. Anyway, so we're going to jump right in. On July 1st, 1967, the number one song on the Billboard charts was the association Windy. Everyone knows it's Windy. It's not Wendy. I always thought that was Wendy. No, I think it's Wendy. Everyone knows it's Wendy. Hey, Wendy. Win- maybe it, maybe I'm no, so wrong. No, it is Wendy. It's called Wendy. Okay, right. that's what I thought. Don't I don't, don't think confuse I me. And then July second, the very next day, Operation Buffalo began with the worst single day loss suffered by the U.S. Marines during Vietnam War. Oh boy! While patrolling the area around Contien, Contien. In the Quang Tri province, mm-hmm. Quang Tri, Tri, near South Vietnam's border in North Vietnam, the 400 members of Alpha Company and Bravo Company of the 1st Battalion, 9th Marines, were ambushed by the North Vietnamese Army. 84 were killed, 9 were missing, and 190 were wounded for a total of 283 casualties. casualties. The total number of deaths in the operation would be 159 Americans and 1,290 of the North Vietnamese during the seven days between July 2nd and July 8th. Wow. So distracting from the coronavirus is, is something even worse. Than yeah, yeah. The Vietnam War. July 4th, 1967, the 4th of July, after a bitter all-night debate, the British House of Commons voted 99 to 14 to approve the Sexual Offenses Act of 1967, decriminalizing homosexuality in England and Wales. Oh, wow. Well, that's about time. Yeah. Well, it's 67, so it's a long time ago. That's true. But I'm not saying it could have been. I wonder when it was decriminalized in America. <clears throat> did we already go? I can't remember if we've done that or not. Yeah, we, I, I think remember. we talked about it, but it's no way to find I out. I think it was later. I think it was in the seventies. We'd have to listen to all our stupid, crappy episodes, or we could just look it up. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could. Uh, this law would remove penalties only for relations between gay men over the age of twenty-one, though. Sexual relations between lesbians was still prohibited. Was it? And the law did not apply to Scotland or to Northern Ireland. 
because of the religious thing. But maybe. the law did not apply to the armed forces or the merchant marines. Uh, yeah, and while the age for consent for heterosexual relationships was 16, this, this law still penalized homosexual acts, including anyone over anyone 20 or younger. Okay. Uh, so it was old. You had to be yeah, older to be. Thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky that it's, it's that's at least more accepted in mm-hmm. society. And for that same day, for the first time in Major League Baseball history, two brothers faced each other as starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. You want to guess their names? No. Phil Necro, mm-hmm. 28, pitched for the Atlanta Braves, who were hosting the Chicago Cubs, who started... Guess. Started who? Phil Necro's brother. Guess who he played against? Monto Necro. Nope. <laughs> Joe. Joe Necro. Okay. He was only 22. In the first game of a doubleheader. I know this Joe is pitched so three innings. Boring. And Phil pitched the entire game in an 8-3 to three win that ended the Cubs' seven-game winning streak. Okay. You know the, you want to know the other time two brothers faced each other as starting pitchers? Who? In 1924... Jesse Barnes had come in for a relief as a relief pitcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers in a seven to six win over the New York Yankees team, whose pitcher was his brother Virgil Barnes. Oh, I thought Jesse it was going to be Bucky Barnes. Who's Bucky Barnes? Bucky Barnes is Captain America's lover. There, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, but you didn't. I think it's Barnes. Bucky Barnes. Is that right? That sounds right. Well, I'll have to ask that question on our other podcast, Nerd School. Yes. Where I'm being schooled by a bunch of nerds on nerd culture. Because right now, your brother is screaming at you. Oh, yeah. If he's listening to this, he's like, you stupid idiot. Of course, it's Captain America's lover. And and that might not even be. They might not even be lovers. I think they, I think so. There's some comics where they definitely seem like lovers. It's the ambiguously gay duo. Yeah. I think that's where they maybe got it from. They got it from. But I do think that was pretty groundbreaking for Marvel Comics to have a a gay... I don't think there was meant to be gay at the time. Oh, no, no. Definitely was. No, I I don't think so. Stan Lee was gay. Oh, he was? I have no idea. You're making things up. No, I like to just like rile up the nerds who are listening. You don't ever say anything wrong about Stan Lee. He might have been. What if he was? That'd be great. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. What if he was gay and then he just like, you look back and there's secret all kinds of like. All kinds of gay. In the background of comics. Like, there probably like, is. Guys fighting. There's like a guy sucking somebody else, some other guy off. In the or just little gay um, like signals. No, no. I want like full you want blown. full blown pornography. Yeah, yeah but it's like softly hidden in the background. Oh, my oh God. no. I turn it upside down. Oh, my God. Those anal beads. Oh, Lord. Anyway, July 5th, 1967. Mm-hmm. It was a Wednesday. A group of three university presidents, three university vice presidents, and four university library directors, those bad motherfuckers, they met on the campus of Ohio State University mm-hmm. to hear the proposal of Frederick G. Kilgore to implement the first plan for an online computer network of library holdings. The Ohio College Library Center would later expand beyond Ohio and change its name, though not its initials, to the Online Computer Library Center. Why? <laughs> I don't know why I kept that in there. That's the worst thing I've, you've ever read. Well, halfway through, I realized it was stupid, so I was trying to make it sound really cool. Frederick G. Kugel. Oh, my God. He's a bad motherfucker. Cut that part out. Nope. Ohio College Library Center, y'all. Well, that was Lord. like the early f- internet. Like, that was the first... You can try. Maybe. That's nothing. No. July 6th, 1967, 94 people, mostly children, were killed in a double-decker train collision with a gasoline truck at a crossing in the East Germany town of Langwendingen, seven miles southwest of Magdeburg. Why do you have to be so morbid? You're the one who loves death. Why are you always talking about killing? Yeah, well, this one I kept in because I was going through a lot of this and there. There's just a ton of this kind of shit, like just mass casualty accidents. Jeez, it's not going to make us feel any better today. No, July 8th, 1967, Vivian Lee died. Oh. She's a British film actress and winner of two Academy Awards, known for her roles in... Gone with the Wind. And? Streetcar Named Desire. Yes, those are the two big ones. She was a nymphomaniac. 
She was? Vivian yeah. Lee? Yep. She was the main girl in Gone with the Wind, right? The, yeah. Scarlet O'Hare. Like, oh, the, she's really a... Gorgeous. Yeah, but I was going to say that character is such a bitch. Yeah, of course. Well, and that guy's a jerk, too. I mean, they're both terrible mm-hmm. people. I, I, don't, I don't get the appeal of that movie. Oh, it's you, filled with racism. It is. The, both the leads are assholes. Like, <laughs> what's the appeal? What's the point of and it? And then he rapes her. Like, he yeah, rapes that, her at the that end. that does like, not age well. Yes. But there's people... This will be one night, Scarlet, you'll not turn me out. Yeah, there, and there's people that think that's the ba- best thing in the world. Like, oh, man, I, all I want is gone with the wind. I well, it's because the next morning she's all happy. Yeah. That's like, that's that's like a, that's a blanket invitation to yeah. rape for the next how many years? Right. And we wonder why the, we need the goddamn Me Too movement. Everybody's awful. Mm-hmm. All right. All the way through Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, Revenge of the Nerds was, that's worse. That's ten times worse. It's basically Gone with the Wind. No, it's ten times worse. Revenge of the Nerds. I remember when I saw it. Ugh, yeah, I we've I didn't this. know that it was bad, but I got a stomach ache from that scene. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't know in my head that that was a rape, but it's because because it, they didn't play it like that. It was a comedy. They made it like oh ha ha he's tricking her. Yeah, but. I, it still gave me a stomach ache when that scene came up, yeah. and I couldn't figure out why. Well, also, you're probably too young to be watching a sex scene. No, I was probably in... Oh, you were 40. No. Boom, just kidding. I was probably freshman, high school or something. No, Revenge of the Nerds came out, like, early. You were, like, a child. Eighth grader. Like Maybe I saw it in way afterwards or something. 84, probably. So I was probably... Maybe 86. I was probably, like, 14, 13... We talked about this. Why can't we remember? I don't know. My life's a blur. July 9th, 1967. Mm-hmm. At least 371 people were killed in Japan when landslides triggered by heavy rains from Typhoon Billy hit the western half of the Kyushu Island See, and moved south. It's always been going to shit. Yeah. It's it's, always, this is yeah. nothing new. We've always been in hell. We've always. This yeah. is hell. There's, 67 was just as bad as right yep. now. And then that same day, Mary Flizar, a 19-year-old student at Eastern Michigan University, became the first of the co-ed murders, the first victim of the co-ed murders, Mm -hmm. a series of seven murders of female students in southeastern Michigan. And we will discuss it later. We'll discuss that more in depth later. Yeah, so I'll just leave that at that. Mm -hmm. You'll do the rest when you talk about your glorified killings. That's right. And that's the same day that... uh, the man with a million dollar smile died. Douglas McLean, 77, American silent film actor. Oh. You know who that is? I've never heard of him. And I know my I know me some old timey actors. Do you know do you also know leaders of the opposition in Pakistan's National Assembly? No. Oh, because remember that guy died too. July tenth, nineteen sixty seven. That's your birthday. No, I was not born in sixty seven. No, but that's your birthday. Our dog's coughing. July tenth, nineteen sixty seven. Ode to Billy Joe. Yes. One of the most popular songs of 1967. That's a good one. Was recorded by songwriter and singer. Is it? Oh, I can't remember. Not Joni Mitchell. No, Bobby Gentry. That's right. Becoming a lyrical Billy mystery. Billy Joe McAllister jumped oh. off the Tallahatchie Bridge. It became a lyrical mystery that puzzled listeners for years. I used to have it on 45. You did? Mm-hmm. And July 12th, 1967 was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, five days of rioting that would ultimately claim 23 lives began in Newark, New Jersey. Oh. At the corner of 15th Avenue and South 9th Street, an African-American taxi driver, John Smith, was arrested by two city police officers, Vito Pontrelli and Oscar Simone. During the scuffle that followed an argument, Smith sustained a broken rib and was taken to the 4th Precinct Station House across the street from William P. Hayes' housing project. At about 9.30 p.m., people saw Smith, who either refused or was unable to walk, being dragged out of a police car into the front door of the station. As rumors spread that Smith had been killed by the police, an angry crowd assembled outside the police station. The crowd marched toward the Newark City Hall. Mm-hmm. Newark. I'm not saying that right. Newark City Hall in what started as a nonviolent protest. Within minutes, police and marchers were hit by rocks. An attempt was made to disperse the crowd, and the riot started. When the riot ended the 17th of July, which is Mm -hmm. five days later, uh, 
21 black residents were dead, including six women and two children, oh. along with a white policeman and a white fireman. Jeez. Yeah. That's bad. This is from, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. The capsizing of a boat drowned 230 people who were trying to cross the flooded Ravi River in Pakistan that same day. Ooh, bummer. And the U.S. Navy released the report of its naval intelligence investigation of Amelia Earhart's July 2nd, 1937 disappearance. Boy, that took a while. And a subsequent search. Yeah, I don't know why that it was finally declassified. 30 years later? Yeah. And maybe that's like what it is in 30 years. Like you declassify. Oh, maybe Something can be. be declassified. Yeah, there is a time. Like 30 years after somebody's death. He's remember JFK's was declassified. Was it 30 years later? It was more than 30 because it was just like last year or something. Oh, it was? Remember and Trump was going to let everything go and then he like stopped. So yeah, I'm going to let this all out. Eh, we're not going to. I don't think I remember that. There was a significant amount of time when Trump first was elected that I just checked out of politics for yeah. And history completely. and everything and TV and news media and yep. your family and the dogs. Pretty much. Yeah. It was a state of depression. Smoking blunts in the bed. There's nobody smoking blunts in the bed. Playing Candy Crush. No. Bring me cake. I'm playing Candy Crush. I don't right. want to have any access to the outside world. Right. Bring me some more cake. What's next? Wash me with a rag on a stick, you'd say. July 14th was a Friday of 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bee Gees released Bee Gees First, which went on sale in the UK, although it was their third album. It was the first to be distributed in the UK and the US, where it would be released on August 9th. You don't think of the Bee Gees as 60s at all. Their you know? first two albums had been released only in two countries. Oh. Guess. They're not UK or US. Not UK or US? Yeah. I have no idea. Australia mm-hmm. and New Zealand. Oh. And, and because of that, everyone in Australia and New Zealand looked exactly like the Bee Gees. They probably did. They probably did. Uh, and while the Newark riots were in progress, a separate riot began in the nearby town of Plainfield, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It, the world was on fire. Yeah. The Vietnam War was going on. There were riots yeah. everywhere. All the time. And demonstrations. Yeah. It's awful. And then July 16th, that Sunday of 1967, uh, 37 inmates were killed and six severely injured in an explosion at a fire at a prison camp near Jay, Florida. Jeez. According to survivors, the accident happened after two convicts at Road Camp 12 began a fist fight, and 49 other prisoners in the barracks watched. During the altercation, a natural gas line was broken, and a fluorescent lamp ignited the gas, setting oh my the God. wooden structure ablaze. One of the guards, A.O. Lovett, opened the locked barracks door and pushed five inmates out, despite minor burns. In all, ten of the fifty-one prisoners, men. In all, ten of the fifty-one prisoners mm-hmm. got outside, but two of them died of their injuries. Ten. What? Say it again. Ten yeah, of the fifty-one got outside. Prisoners. It says in all, ten of the fifty-one prisoners, men got outside, but two of them died in their injuries of their injuries. It's like a, I don't understand. It's like a typo or something. Yeah. So I, I don't can't make sense of it. Okay. Uh, and then what would become the landmark case of Catco, Catco versus Briny? Do you know that case? No. Setting limits to the extent of defending personal property. It began near Eddyville, Iowa, when a burglar was seriously injured by a booby trap <laughs> set up by homeowner Edward Briny. Over the previous 10 years, trespassers had broken into an unoccupied house on farmland inherited by Mr. Briny. On June 11th, he rigged a 20-gauge shotgun so that it would fire at anyone who opened the door to the bedroom. <laughs> Marvin Katko and an accomplice uh, broke into the house to take antiques, and when Katko opened the door, the shotgun blast tore off the lower part of his right leg. Oh, my God. Katko would sue. Uh, oh, that takes a lot of balls. And a jury in Oskaloosa would award him $20,000 in actual damages. Oh, my God. And $10,000 in punitive damages. 80 acres of the Brighty's 120-acre farm were sold at a forced auction to pay for the damages, although three neighbors bought the house and held it in trust so that the Brighty's would not be forced to move. Holy crap. Yeah. That's bizarre. Isn't that nuts? So you hear people talking about that now, like, oh, if you do anything to a burglar, you're in trouble. Yeah. It must be where it came from. I guess. 
That's a little excessive. Yeah, seems. I would like, say. I don't know. I'm not usually conservative on a lot of things, but this one I would think like, you break into my house, you should yeah. get shot. You, you should get whatever gets you coming yeah, to you. That's your, Breaking the law, I think bro. the law is different now. I don't that, know. You can say self-defense, I'm pretty sure, now. Well, self-defense, but if he wasn't there to be... To kill anybody. To defend himself. He yeah. rigged a gun to shoot somebody. We should build a moat. Yeah. That's what we should do. Some alligators, just like Trump wants to do with the border. Fill it with acid and feces and diarrhea. We kind of have one already. That's true. <laughs> Our dog shits out there. Uh, Will Farrell was also born that same day. All right. And he was born as John William Farrell in Irvine, California. Ooh. At the time, his father was a keyboardist for the singing duo, the Righteous Brothers. Oh, my goodness. you know that? No. Roy Farrell Jr. Well, that's where he gets going up and that's where he gets his fame. His musical talent. Well, no, you know how you kind of, everybody's, in order to be famous, you kind of have to know. You got to have a connection mm-hmm. or be rich. Yep. One of the two. Pretty much all. Or we have a TikTok video now. Oh, that's true. Whatever the hell that is. Um, I'm learning. July 17th, 1967 was a Monday. Less than three months after his April 23rd escape from prison in Missouri, James Earl Ray crossed into Canada, eventually settling in Toronto, Mm -hmm. where he would steal the identities of three similar-looking men. Ray would obtain identifications and passports under the names of Toronto citizens Eric Galt, Paul Bridgman, and Ramon Snead. Okay. Also, liver cancer took John Coltrane from us. Oh. You know how old John Coltrane was when he died? Nope. 40. Boy, that's young. Unless he had a drinking problem, I bet. You know, I Google that? No, that's all right. Did John Coltrane have, see what comes up? Sure. Oh, all of a sudden you want to. Well, when you phrase it like that. Yes. Can't not, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Did? Does John Coltrane have a big? (laughs) I don't think we'll get anybody with a big dick. I mean. I mean, if it's unless it's like. unless we've heard that. Long Dong Silver or something. Yeah, you won't hear about it unless you. Unless you know. We just. John Holmes. Or Linda B. Johnson. Mm -hmm. Linda B. Johnson wasn't big. It was just. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was big. Yeah, that's why he got it out all the time. he got it out. Because to intimidate other people. Yeah, but he also shit in front of people, too, I think. Yeah, he probably did. Or he'd like just go to the bathroom and mm-hmm. not care. Maybe he didn't get stage fright. I get stage fright when I poop. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm not going to... Sh- well... I've, I cannot poop on someone's desk. I've tried. You've tried and tried. Yep. Also, In the top of their toilet. Oh, yeah. Bowl. Top shelf, somebody. Yep. July 18th, 1967 was a Tuesday... And Vin Diesel was born Ugh. as Mark Sinclair Vincent in New York City. All right. July 17th or July 19th, Wednesday, 1967. Mm-hmm. 82 people were killed in a collision between Piedmont Airlines Flight 22. Got another one? And a Cessna 310 near Hendersonville, North Carolina. Jeez, another. Yep. Uh, let's see. Two planes collided nose to nose. And went down together as a single piece of wreckage, Ooh. which continued for another minute before it exploded, according to one eyewitness. Bodies inside were falling like confetti. Ooh, man. Oh, man. Isn't that awful? Yes. That same day, a race That's riot. That's like that. Remember when um, we lived in Chicago and that lady fell on the tr- the L tracks and it was in downtown. So um, it, it smushed her. part? It smushed her. And so... They didn't want to move it back because they didn't want to run over her more. So they lifted it up. And when they lifted the train, body parts fell onto the street underneath the I thing. I don't remember that. Yep. And they had to. You were there? I was. You saw I it? Was, no, I, I didn't see it, but I was downtown. You pushed at her out of the train? Yep. Pretty much. You're a murderer. That's gross. I don't remember hearing of that yep. ever. Yep. It a happened. Ra- that same day, a race riot broke out in the north side of Minneapolis. Okay. On Plymouth Avenue during the Minneapolis Aquatennial Parade. Jeez. Businesses were vandalized and fires were set, but the disturbance was quelled within hours. Uh, and the next day, a shooting set off another incident in the same area that would lead to the setting of 18 fires. Mm-hmm. The injury of 25 people and damages totaling $4.2 million. And violent incidents would occur 
there again over the next two weeks. And that's according to MNOpedia.org. Uh, on Thursday, July 20th, 1967, organized crime boss John Roselli was arrested as the FBI brought an end to one of the most sophisticated card-cheating operations in American history mm-hmm. conducted at the Friars Club of California and causing hundreds of thousands of dollars to be swindled from various members of the club. Over a period of five years, Tony Martin, Zeppo Marks, and Phil Silvers were among wealthy celebrities who lost $10,000 or more mm-hmm. in games of gin rummy to opponents who were aided by signals from a person hiding above an air vent. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's nuts. Gin rummy. Gin rummy. I think people played that for money. Yeah. Because it's not that hard. Like, I always think things you play for money are kind of hard, like harder to learn. We used to play rummy all the time. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. The U.S. House of Representatives decided against approving a $40 million program that was intended to exterminate rats in inner city slums over a period of two years, and the measure failed, 176 to 207. Those assholes. President LBJ responded responded from the toilet with an unusually bitter statement, saying that congressmen had stricken a cruel blow to the poor children of America and complained that we are spending federal funds to protect our livestock from rodents and predatory animals. The least we can do is give our children the same protection that we give our livestock. Yeah, really. Yep. Damn it. Fucking motherfuckers. And then July 21st, 1967, the town of Winniconnie, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you say it. Probably not. W-I-N-N-E-C-O-N-N-E. I have no Winnicon? idea. Winnicon. Winnicon? Yeah. I could Google that real quick. But I'm not gonna. Yeah. They announced secession from the state of Wisconsin. They did? Hey, Google. How do you pronounce Winniconnie, Wisconsin? That's pronounced Winniconnie, Wisconsin. Oh, there you go. You have we're right. Boom, Winniconnie. Thanks, John Legend. Is John Legend your Google voice? He's my Google voice right now. <laughs> The town of Winnicott, Wisconsin, announced secession from the state of Wisconsin, though not from the U.S., because it had not been included in the official maps in an omission from the map. In an omission, wait, it had not been included in the official maps uh, because it was an artist oversight. They issued, so they decided they just didn't want to be part of the United States? I get, uh, No, part of Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And they issued a mock declaration of war. The events which included raising the raising of a state flag took place while, while tourists were in town to watch the Midwest Regional Outboard Motorboat Races. Town Mayor James Coughlin was named president of the new American state, and a town chamber of commerce leader, Vera Kitchen, was proclaimed prime minister. The succession, which proved a financial success for the community, ended on July 23rd at noon. Hmm. Uh, and then the, later on, the Highway Commission would announce that it would print a new map that would include Winnicani. Well, that would be lovely. They just had their feelings hurt, is all. They were, as they say, butt hurt. Yep, they were. That's the same day that Jimmy Fox died. At age 59, American baseball first baseman who hit 534 home runs Mm -hmm. and was enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He died of a seizure. And a broken heart. Yep. Oh, there goes our dog. You're probably upset because somebody made a seizure salad. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's credit to some guy I went to high school with. It's not even funny, though. It's not funny. It's stupid. Yep. July 22nd, 1967 was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. A sinkhole Ooh. caused by the collapse of a long-abandoned zinc mine swallowed two houses and several cars Oh my god! in Pitcher, Oklahoma. Holy shit, was anybody inside? Five residents were injured when the Eagle Pitcher Mining Company shaft, located 260 feet below the neighborhood, suddenly gave way. Oh my god, can you imagine that happening? No. All of a sudden? All of a sudden you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden... Yeah. It would be nuts. Yeah. You'd think there was some kind of earthquake or something, I guess. Imagine it happened in the 60s, too. You can't yeah. Even like, you can't get figure out. How do you get out and get help? Yeah. Man, 60s. 
I swear. July 23rd, 1967, the 12th Street Riot. You aware of this one? Another one? One of the most violent riots in U.S. history began in the predominantly African-American inner city of Detroit. On the ne- uh, over the next five days, 43 people were killed. Wow. 1,189 were injured. Holy and crap. 7,231 had been arrested. Oh, my God. 2,509 buildings were burned with an estimated loss of $36 million in insured property. And it never recovered, Detroit. But millions more were lost by those without insurance. Oh, yeah, it's... Detroit has never gone back from that. I don't know. It was okay in the, in the 80s, mm-hmm. I think, in the 70s, maybe. I think it was pretty rough since this, probably. I went to a Tigers game when I was a kid. I don't remember it being that bad. Oh, really? Uh, maybe it was. The triggering effect was a raid at 3.50 in the morning on the United Community and Civic League, an illegal after-hours liquor operation Mm -hmm. in an apartment at 9215 12th Street. Uh, Anyway, so there's a whole big thing there. That's the same day that Philip Seymour Hoffman was born, yo! Okay. July 24th, 1967 was a Monday. Mm-hmm. For the first time, tourists were allowed to travel to the top of the 630-foot-high Gateway Arch in oh. St. Louis. Pretty cool. As a train inside the arch was inaugurated. Mm-hmm. And that's next day on Tuesday, Matt LeBlanc was born right after the arch <sighs> opened. Can you believe that? I don't believe you it. You know who Matt LeBlanc yes, is? Yes, I know who Matt LeBlanc is. Who? He's on Friends. Where is he born then? Where? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Newton, Massachusetts. How am I supposed to know Let's that? see if Matt LeBlanc has a big dick. <laughs> no. Does Matt LeBlanc have... Okay, you want to guess what the things are? Are they any good? Children. Uh, Kids. Yeah, that's the number one thing. Yeah. A daughter, a brother, a tattoo, a son, a wife, sibling, sister, girlfriend... <laughs> All the lonely people uh, Googling, does Matt LeBlanc have a have girlfriend? A girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, they are. Does he have a girlfriend? Does Matt LeBlanc have a big... Nothing. Not one person wants to know if he's got a big dick? No, only you. Jesus. Does Matt LeBlanc... All right, we're done with this game. talk about me? <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. Does Matt LeBlanc want to go out with me? Uh, you're a huge Matt LeBlanc fan. That's all you ever talk about. July 27, 1967, the Sexual Offenses Act took place. We talked about that. July 28, 1967, mm-hmm. the Mulford Act was signed into law by California Governor Ronald Reagan was one of the stricter means of gun control, providing a five-year jail term for any pers- person caught carrying a loaded gun on a public street within the state. Wow. So Ronald Reagan was a gun control guy. Yeah. I trying to was. take your guns. Ronald Reagan took your guns. He did. Ronald Reagan took everyone's guns. He was sure a liberal did. nut that took your guns. I think he was pretty liberal at Liberal that time. nut taking your guns. Yeah. Yep. Reagan wants to take your guns, everybody. Take that, conservatives. <laughs> July 29, 1967 was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, an explosion and fire on the aircraft carrier USS Forrestal. Killed 134 U.S. Navy sailors and officers while the flight deck crew was fueling and arming aircraft for a second strike of the day against targets in North Vietnam. Jeez. More disasters. Yep. Uh, Future Arizona U.S. Senator and presidential candidate John McCain Mm -hmm. was in the A-4 when it was struck by the rocket. Yep. And although he was struck by shrapnel, he had already been suited up in a flame-proof jumpsuit and was able to help the rescue efforts. Wow. Wait, I missed something there. An explosion on that aircraft carrier at 1047 that morning. A rocket on an F-4 Phantom jet fighter was accidentally triggered by a stray surge of electricity and launch traveling across the deck and striking an A-4 Skyhawk attack jet and setting it on fire. Oh, okay. The, the carrier's flighting, flight crew was working on putting the fire out when two minutes later... The heat caused the bomb on another plane to detonate. Eight more bombs exploded, putting holes in the flight deck and sending burning jet fuel into the lower decks. 
The disaster could have been worse if it had not been for other crewmen who used forklifts to push hundreds of tons of bombs and several other planes over the side of the Forestal. John McCain was in the A-4 when it was struck by the rocket, that plane that okay. blew, blew up. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. July 30th, 1967 was a Sunday. Rioting began in Milwaukee. and would, oh, man. would lead to a shutdown of city services for 10 days. Um, it was one of the... The 1967 Milwaukee riot was one of 159 race riots that swept cities in the U.S. during the long, hot summer of 1967. Man. The world was on fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, the country was on fire. Yeah. Man, it's it really, all coming to a head. Yeah. Uh, and then July 31st, 1967, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones had their jail sentences revised on appeal by a three-member appeals tribunal led by Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales, Lord Parker. On June 29th, Jagger had been sentenced to three months imprisonment and Richards to a year after being convicted of possession of pet pills and marijuana, respectively. (laughs) Pet pills. Pet pills. If you keep out of any trouble for the next 12 months, Lord Parker told Jagger, what has happened will not be on your record as a conviction. Richards was not present due to illness, but also received a suspended sentence of probation. Okay. And The Doors Light My Fire became the number one song on the Billboard charts. And then we're in August. Finally. August 1st, 1967. Nine Japanese high school students were killed by a bolt of lightning that struck them what? while they were descending Mount Nishihodaka at 9,514 feet in Japan's Haida Mountains near Nagano. Ten others were injured in and the other 31 members of the group were unhurt. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And on August 2nd, 1967, In the Heat of the Night came out. Mm-hmm. You know that movie? Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier. We talked about that briefly on a couple of episodes. We did. On our 100th episode with Brandon, movie guy Wilhelm, that loves movies, uh, Rod Steiger, uh, did you know that Sidney Poitier insisted the movie was filmed in the North because of an incident in which he and Harry Belafonte were almost killed by Klansmen oh during a visit to Mississippi? Yeah, I don't blame him. Yep. Nevertheless, the filmmakers and actors did venture briefly into Tennessee for the outdoor scenes at the cl- cotton plantation. You could, they don't have those. In yeah, the in the North. Uh, Poitier slept with a gun under his pillow during production in Tennessee. Because he had received threats from local racist thugs. Jeez. So the shoot was cut short. Gross. Yep. Uh, They're like primates. This was set in a hot Mississippi summer. The racists. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they're terrible idiots. Those fucking idiots. Set in a hot Mississippi summer, but filmed during autumn in Illinois. Many of the actors had to keep ice chips in their mouths and spit them out before takes to prevent their breath from appearing on camera during the night scenes. Oh, funny. I didn't know that would work, but I guess it would. I guess it would. Your breath wouldn't be hot. time, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the movie's line, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, was voted as the number 16 movie quote by the AFI. Okay. The American Film Institute. Yes. And then August 3rd, 1967 was a Thursday, and Cream Puff was born. I don't know. I don't even know. An American cat. (laughs) <laughs> that holds the record for longevity in Austin, Texas. Cream Puff, owned by Jake Perry, died three days after her 38th birthday. Holy crap. In 2005. Oh, my God. I bet the the owner was dead by then. It can't be 2005. If you were born in 67. You would be 38 in 2005. Is that right? I don't know. You're asking me yeah, to do math. I guess it is. Yeah, you're born in 67. Was... 2005 was a while. It was 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. 77, 87, 97, 07. Yeah. Yeah, almost 40. 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. I'm terrible at math. Yeah. Doesn't seem right. Doesn't you believe right. something that was a cat that was born in the 60s was alive in 2005? No. I think that's insane. That's fucked up. How'd that happen? That's got to be a lie. Cream know. puff. 
Fucking cream I bet puff. that was a rotten old cat oh, by probably, the end. By the end, it probably was like it was dying. Like, put me out of my die. misery, please. August 5th, 1967 was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. 137 people died from poisoning at a new moon festival in Madras after drinking varnish Ooh. mixed in a cocktail with lime juice. Why would you do that? Because of, because of a prohibition in Madras state against the sale of liquor. God, people get desperate to get high, don't they? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Do anything for it. Yeah. It's almost like in, an... Instead of going against prohibition, yeah. instead they now uh, prohibited the sale of varnish after that. Oh, God. Isn't that crazy? They'll just find something else. Yep. Uh, and the World Boxing Association that same day began a single elimination tournament to fill the heavyweight boxing title that had been taken away from Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, tournaments are awesome. They're cool. What was that pop? I don't know what that pop was. The ghost? I don't know what that was. I think it was Ghost. Uh, that same day, the Pink Floyd released their first album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn in the UK. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Can we take a break? Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, History for Jerks presents our newest podcast, Urethra Franklin. Take a listen. Hi, this is Dr. Bernard Franklin, and this is Eureka Franklin, the podcast that celebrates the penis. On this podcast, we will be talking about many things, all involving the penis. I am a world-renowned urologist and have gathered many stories about well, uh, I uh, heard something downstairs, uh, and, you know, I had an erection, but <laughs> I'm in my own house, so, you know, whatever. And so I get up to go check it, and I tripped over a dog toy, and I literally hit my penis on every single step going down, and it broke. It hurt. God damn. Can I swear on this? Uh, yes, feel free. I, I, I uh, God damn it hurt, and there's blood spurting, and I called 911. 911, what's your emergency? Ah! I broke my wiener! <laughs> ah! I broke my wiener! Sir, sir, calm down, calm down, sir. Hi there, calm down, God damn it! I broke my wiener! Hit the stairs, every stair! Oh! Wow, that is uh, quite traumatic. You bet your ass it was. Enjoy our new podcast, Eureka Franklin. And as always, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to your PP. <laughs> Eureka Franklin, coming in fall 2035. And we're back. Thank you. Please listen and subscribe to that podcast. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Shell Lake murders. Yes, and we are back from our break. Thank you for listening to that awesome advertisement. You better not forget to put one in again. Shell Lake. You're going to say that. Why? Did I do that once? Yes. Shell Lake murders, y'all. I love murders. Are you ready? Yeah. Tell me about it. Victor Hoffman. Yeah. 21-year-old guy. Okay. Had been hearing voices and having hallucinations about the devil and angels since age six. Maybe if we had a better healthcare system with mental health preparedness, that would have been the end of the story. He would have got help and then he's fine. At age 10, he started feeling the impulse to kill. Oh my goodness. Kill, um, kill, kill. And medical records show that he had been diagnosed as schizophrenic. Okay. But then was discharged from the hospital on tranquilizers into his parents' care. Oh, okay. <laughs> so schizophrenia? Okay, here's some tranquilizers. All set. See you later. So before Just crank them. Before sun, sunrise on August 15th, 1967. You know, when I think of automatically now, all from the movie. You ever see the movie, uh, I think it's old school, when mm-hmm. he gets tranked? I'll, I'll like you. 
you're crazy. You're crazy. Oh, yeah. He's like, by the swimming pool, he's got a dart in his neck. Yes. He was not old school. I can't remember. I think that's right. I like, I like you. I like, I like you. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. Okay. He's at a kid's birthday party. I don't think it's old school. So on before sunrise on August 15th, 1967. August 15th, 1967? Oh, the same day that uh, 27 people in India fell to their deaths when they struck a tree branch while riding on top of a passenger train as it passed through the city Ooh. of Katahar and Bihar State. Ooh, the limb ouch. was the limb was from a banyan tree that was considered sacred by worshippers of the Hindu goddess Kali, and was part of a shrine. For several weeks, nobody would trim the branch until the railroad railroad company offered a job to anyone who was willing to cut it down. Finally, an enterprising resident named Sairam Ja defied the goddess of destruction and sawed off the limb. Oh, boom! That same day, yes, that day, he left his parents' home. And drove aimlessly along rural roads. Wait, he drove aimlessly? Aim, aimlessly. Aimlessly around rural roads. I know, you had to... I know. Until rural. he spotted a small white farmhouse near the tiny town of Shell Lake. Oh. Which is about 150 kilometers north of Saskatoon in Canada. Oh, Saskatoon. If I'm going to give any Saskatoon residents a, um, a word of advice... Mm-hmm. It's don't live in a rural white shack off of the road, off of bear. Yeah. So he'd never seen this house before when he's driving. He sees it. Never seen it before. So it's a magical. He thinks it's a magical house. And he said there was voices that told him at this moment, Yeah. this is it. This is where you have to go and do it. Oh. So just playing devil's advocate. There's yeah. a chance that there was a magical voice. Making him go to a magical house that never existed before. No, there's not much of a chance of that. Good chance of that. Kind of a chance. So he slips into the Peterson home armed with a rifle. Slipped into something more comfortable. James Peterson, Peterson, 47-year-old farmer and a war veteran. Oh, seems like a stand-up guy. Yes, he tried to fend off Hoffman but was shot 11 times. Oh, man, that's a lot of times. His wife, Evelyn, 42, was shot dead behind the house with their toddler, Larry. Oh. Number one, I want you want to laugh when somebody names their toddler Larry, but you yes. can't because you they can't just, got, he murdered. just got murdered. And a toddler got murdered. Yes. And so here's the thing: this guy is a stranger. The farmer gets shot eleven times. Mm-hmm. That goes against that whole thing about if they're shot multiple times, it's somebody somebody you know. You know. It's kind of a yeah. Um. She. The. So it's, it's all believed that the the wife jumped out the window with the baby. And, <sighs> So six other children, ranging from three to seventeen, were shot at close range while asleep in their bedrooms. Was it what time of the day was this? Before sunrise. Oh, before sunrise, everybody's sleeping. Only oh, four-year-old geez. Phyllis Peterson survived, hidden under the sheets between her two sisters. Yep. So, oh, I don't even. She there's was funny to say about. I this. know she was interviewed it's later, terrible. and she said she remembered knowing there was someone in the house. Um, she said, Dad fought with him quite a bit. I don't remember hearing any of that. I don't remember hearing gunshots. Uh, so it's, you know, when you're a little kid and you're always worried mm-hmm. about robbers breaking in and stuff. Yep. This really happened. Mm-hmm. And you, you know. Black it out as of your kids, memory. We, we just think covering up under the blanket is going to keep you safe. Yep, in right. this case, it did for this kid. Mm-hmm. So Hoff- kids, cover up. Hoffman has made different conflicting statements over the years about whether he, like, knew he was sparing her life. Yeah. At one point, he said he didn't know why he didn't shoot her. And then another time, he said it was because she had the face of an angel. So who knows Uh. what's right. After his arrest, Hoffman was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia again. And he was found not guilty by reason of insanity, which is very rare. And he was committed for treatment at a mental institution in southern Ontario. In 2001, he was granted escorted day passes from the facility, which infuriated the the relatives of the family who were the remaining people, you know, relatives of her. Because they let him out? Yeah, because they were giving him day passes. Day so, passes to do what? To be free. Why? They do that with prisoners sometimes. They do, huh? Yeah. So Phyllis, the daughter that lived, mm-hmm. still lives near Shell Lake. Really? To be near her extended family. 
and it for her it was easier to live among people who have accepted and moved past her family history sure yeah then start all over and have to explain that to somebody i guess right and so that's the very brief story of the shell lake murders that's the very brief story Mm -hmm. and you have another murder coming up right yeah well i got another short short story this is august 29th though okay but it's already long. Yeah, we already had an hour worth of stuff, so. Okay. I know that was crappy, but. Yeah, everything you contribute to this podcast has been crappy. Uh, what? And I, like, bear the weight of this and do all the grunt work. Oh, I bring God. the power. A lot of people write to us, and they're like, yeah, that lady Nobody's right. First of all. That lady on there sucks. First of all, nobody's <laughs> writing to us. Um, uh, The one guy, Glenn. Um, Glenn, what was Brent his name? Nelson. Brent Nelson. He yeah, wrote. He, he did. He was very. He was. Very he was your. Fa- he was a fan of he yours. He was a fan of mine. All right. I wouldn't say that. He didn't say anything <laughs> like that. He just That's said really the, stretching it. Yeah, he just really. Didn't he just like really me. didn't like you. <laughs> yeah. We should find Brent Nelson and invite him over for some hot dogs. hugging. No hot dogs. And we can't social distancing. Can't touch any social distancing is a thing now. Yep. What better way to social distance than to listen to a podcast That's by two people right. who are social distancing? We are about six. Uh, we're no, four we're feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. And we've only done it thrice. Stop it. This That's quarantine. gross. No, just kidding. Okay. We don't do it. We're married. All Many right. Don't do it anymore. It's time to get out of here, Chuck Berry. Yeah, I think that was a good episode. I think maybe we don't remember it's all pieced together. I'm going to have to put it in slices because we're recording whenever we can. So, yes. Uh, thank you. Oh, shout out to Brian McCartney, who yes. just told us he's part of the 100 Club. He's listening to 100 episodes. Yep. Uh, so, so he's getting we, his mug yep, in the mail. We're going to send him a mug out of our cupboard. And in fact, I think we're going to send him one with a picture of Brandon Wilhelm drinking a beer. <laughs> uh, who was our guest of ours? Who's the movie guy? Uh, there's a picture of him on a mug and a beer with a guy holding up a baby. Yep. All right. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But Brian will send you your mug. Just let us know your address. Let us say your address on the podcast. So people can come over and visit you in Chicago, and then we'll send you is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. America Timeline.